Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tallest, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. Hey, everybody, it's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian, and we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks. Ska is often the punching bag in comedy, so that's why it's always refreshing to bring on openly ska-loving comedians on the show. There are more now than there were a decade ago, but one of the first comedians to proudly wave the ska flag is Brandy Posey. She has been bringing it up on podcasts as long as people have been requesting interviews, and she was even interviewed in the film Pick It Up, Ska in the 90s. Brandy tells us how ska impacted her approach to comedy and why it's the greatest genre of all time. Knock, knock. Who's there? Ska. Ska who? I don't know. It's just a silly way to open an episode with a comedian on it. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't do that for Ian Fidance. I didn't do that for Ian. I should have done that for Ian, though. Yeah. Knock, knock. Oh, who's there? Ian Finance. <laughs> Ian Finance. I know who Ian Finance is, though. <laughs> this is enough about Ian, though. We're talking about Brandy. Yeah, yeah. I like that we've had several comedians on now at this point. Yes. I'd like to continue that trend. Yes. Ska loving comedians. If you're a ska loving comedian, you have a home here and in defense of ska. I loved hearing in this episode, Brandy talks about what's in her yard. Hmm. I don't want to spoil it. Yeah. But it's a, yeah, it's a good one. I've since been looking at at her Instagram and I love seeing the thing that's in her yard. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you were in the uh, film Pick It Up, Ska in the 90s. Yes. Yeah, I am. (laughs) Uh, It was a very, uh, a very, very big honor to be one of the few uh, non-Ska musicians in that movie. Um, when I finally saw it, I was like, oh, man, thanks, Taylor. <laughs> this is awesome. I remember Adam and I saw that movie uh, in San Francisco, uh, like in early 2019. And um, at the time, I was uh, uh, the music editor at The Good Times in Santa Cruz. And uh, I remember there was DNA's Comedy Lab there. Uh-huh. And uh, there was a comedian named Brandy Posey that was playing. This was like a couple months later. And I was like, where do I know that name? <laughs> and I, I Googled you. And then like, I saw like your bio or something. I love ska music. I was like, oh, that's right. She was in Pick It Up, Ska in the 90s. She was the ska comedian. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the OG ska comedian. You hear that, Ian? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I was going to say, you, you know who was not in Pick It Up, Ska in the 90s is Ian Fidance, the supposed <laughs> ska king ska king of comedy i know well it's so funny because uh i ian (laughs) ian used to host uh the east coast version of a show that i started here in la so he has been my 
my east coast um like twin in a lot of different ways because uh he I, I don't i don't drink i never did ian sober we both love sky music the first time we met we were both like oh we're just like two exclamation points that love aerobic fish okay great perfect this is gonna be so great <laughs> <laughs> what's the show that um that you're talking about yeah it's a show called picture this and it's comedians paired up with animators and they live animate your jokes behind you during your set and you uh, get to interact with them so it kind of throws you off and it's it's like um do you remember that old Looney Tune cartoon? Uh, it's called Duck Amuck, and it's uh, Bugs Bunny as an artist erasing Daffy and like redrawing him and just like messing with him. Oh yeah, oh yeah, classic. That's yeah. that's the entire vibe of the show, um, and it's it's a blast. And I've been we've this is our tenth year doing it here in LA, and I think it's been going for seven years in New York. Uh, Ian was was our host for like five or six of, of those years. He's too busy and travels too much now. But of course, because he's killing it. Um, but he's a part of the Picture This family. And the funny story about it actually it ties to Ska. We have taken Picture This to the Kennedy Center twice. And um, the first, the, no, the second time we did it, Ian came down uh, and we had him there. And then on our way uh, back to the hotel, they put us up the Watergate, which was weird. That's really weird place weird. to stay. Um, I had taken us all in like a lift to go uh, get chili dogs or something on our way back. I was like, hey, I got to see a guy. And we I took them. I changed the location to the Lincoln Memorial. And it was like me, Ian Fidance, uh, my friend Zia and Danny Tamborelli. We just went to the Lincoln Memorial at three in the morning. And then Ian played us uh, his ska band on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. And we had a tiny skank party like after our show at the Kennedy Center. <laughs> nice. <Yeah. laughs> so uh, what, do you, what do you think of Ian's ska band? I mean, it's of a time and I, and I love it. <laughs> 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 it makes me feel like my knees don't hurt when I hear music like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell us the story about uh, you getting into that film. Taylor just reached out to you. Yeah. So I um, I've been a, ska evangelist in comedy uh for a long time i uh, yell about it constantly to most comedians uh just as like a hey you're depressed this might help uh <laughs> 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 and it usually does if they get past it um but uh and i there's another podcast called uh the dork forest that a comedian called jackie cation has uh jackie is is amazing she's uh, uh been touring for 30 40 years she's awesome and on the dork forest you come on and you talk about your dorkdom and um nobody had ever done ska music and she asked me to come do it and i was like oh i will come on and like talk about ska because jackie is a woman in her late 40s and she had no idea what the hell i was even talking about then by the end of it i made her a playlist and she still listens to it sometimes so mm. I, I i turned her on to that and then taylor um, I think he either listened to that podcast or I think he was just Googling ska podcast. And then that one, <laughs> it was before, it was before you guys had started. So like it hadn't, yeah, yeah. it hadn't come up. Um, and then I was like the one, <laughs> the one episode <laughs> that came up about ska ever. And he was like, Oh, let me reach out to her. Um, and I was I, immediately, we, we bonded almost immediately as all ska, ska fans do. Um <laughs> I just did like the rundown of, hey, hey, here's the 30 bands that shaped my life. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and then he came to my house and recorded me talking, put me on celluloid forever. <laughs> so what what are those 30 bands or what are uh, what was on the playlist that you made? Just, you know, you don't have to give us all 30, but just, you know, a sampling. <laughs> well, I mean, um, 
I so I I'm a child that was I was a 1984 baby. So I'm a, I'm a uh, I third wave is what I came up in. Um, I listen to probably more two tone now, just in my regular life, uh, just because I just need to be calmed down. I don't need to pick it up quite as much. Um, I'm on Twitter too much. I don't need to pick it up more than I already do. <laughs> but like so you know you're like your standards like your rubik fisher less than jake's your um your my my boston's um uh I, f- I feel like i just heard somebody writing <laughs> so funny i mean like you know uh oh my gosh i'm literally gonna pull it up as we're talking right now i bet i still have it because and i and I didn't want to, I, I, it's a pretty basic list because I didn't want to like scare her off with anything too crazy. And I was like, what are like the most, the best ways in, I know there's some slackers on it. Where are you? Where are you, Scott? You gotta, you gotta find those like accessible, those ska songs that people are gonna, um, yeah, be just open to. Yeah, it's a lot of, I think for Jackie, because, oh, here it is, Dork Forest Sky Party. Uh, start, starts off with Judge Not by The Interrupters as just a, okay. you're about to listen to a ska playlist, The Open-Minded. Um, and then uh, it's got, I've got like The Interrupters, Agrilites, uh, Bedouin Sound Clash, which is controversial potentially, but I felt like that's a song she might like. Um, uh Beebs and her moneymakers, uh, pie tasters, bandits of the acoustics revolution, uh, the tide is high by a blondie because I feel like that's like oh she'll know that one and then maybe yeah. keep going. Um, yeah. uh, Dan P and the bricks, Goldfinger, more pie tasters, Hepcat, Robic Fish, uh, less than Jake, some Littlest Man band, uh, Suburban Legends, Madness, Specials, Boston's, Toasters, Westbound Train, uh, Melbourne Scout Orchestra. Uh, let's see what else is on here. Oh, uh, the Sammy Zayn theme song. Cause I thought that would be a really fun thing to throw on there. Cause he has a, he like, it has a ska theme, which is amazing. Uh, and yeah. that is, and then, uh, skanking pickle. And that, that's the, that's the, the first, the playlist that I made Jackie that she still listens to sometimes. Now, if you were making a playlist where you wanted to freak somebody out about ska, what would be the first song you would put? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. What would be the first song for something like that? I mean, God, I'm so, I am so bad at titles and this has been my, my anxiety of doing this podcast. is like, you don't know the name, the titles or album names. <laughs> I don't have like a brain for that kind of stuff. Well, you can just, you can just give us an, a band name. Oh, oh. I mean like I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm a real big fish baby. I definitely am. Uh, they were my first concert of all time. So I would probably start off with something from them. Um, the first concert ever was at the 930 Club. It was Teen Heroes, Zebrahead, and Real Big Fish in 1998. Do I still have the work shirt that I got from that tour? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> were the gasoline work shirt. It said Ronnie, Ronnie's Body Shop, and then Real Big Fish in the back of it. <laughs> Did you skank that whole show? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was... I. Uh, it's funny because so uh, growing up, my, my brother was like a BMX rider uh, and we toured like we're, we spent the summers like going to nationals all over the country. And I was like a kid and that just wanted to read books and like not talk to uh, BMX bros uh, all the time. And um, I remember the summer before uh, seeing Real Big Fish, I, I had gotten like a really um, I'd gotten Why Did We Rock So Hard and then Losing Streak from Less Than Jake. And I just remember 
going around in that summer with my family, just with a stack of books and then going CD to CD back and forth. Just like, I'm just going to listen to, I was like an emo kid, but I was listening to ska instead. <laughs> just like, oh, I'll just be over here. Nobody understands. Like, <laughs> which is also, I think why Robic Fish has always like spoken to me because like Aaron's lyrics are very uh, dark and sad often. And I'm like, yeah, but they're funny. And uh, that tends to be a I, I consider them a pretty big uh, influence on my comedy as well, actually, because of that. It's got emo energy, but it's uh, fun. Oh, for sure. I mean, I remember I, I used to be uh, homies with him for a few years. And um, I remember because I went, I went to college in Philly. And uh, when I went to school there, I kind of picked Philly because from Philly, you can get to uh, Baltimore, D.C., New Jersey, New York, Connecticut and Boston all within four hours, basically. Um, so if one of my favorite bands would come to town, I could see them easily every night of the week after classes. And that was like what I would do. So I became like me and Aaron were homies. And I remember um, the first time that they played with Johnny Christmas was at, at a, um, oh, what's the call? Up at Ithaca uh, in upstate New York. And it was the night before I had a big final, but I was like, I got to see who the hell the new trumpet player is. And I just like <laughs> drove to Ithaca <laughs> And that this is like such a moment because this is like the 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 co headliners. It was Rubik Fish and Dashboard Confessional. Oh wow! And yeah, and Dashboard played second, Rubik Fish played first, and like I just remember like Aaron just like put on a Dashboard hoodie and just like singing Vindicated at the top of his lungs, just like loving it <laughs> so much. And then I was like, "This is a blast! I'm having fun. I need to drive four hours because I have a final in five hours." Um, <laughs> but it was worth it. I, uh, I don't think it's like necessarily uncommon that comedians are fans of ska, but you don't necessarily hear a lot about it from them. And especially like four or five, six years ago. Oh, for sure. When you started talking about it, uh, you must have known that you were kind of standing out on a limb. Oh, for sure. But but I've always been very like, uh, it's very hard to shame me for stuff. Like even when I started stand up, like I, I, uh, I've, I've always like the the DIY spirit of like punk and ska has been such a big part of me forever that like, you know, six months into me even starting stand up, I was running an open mic that became like one of the biggest open mics in the city. And I played ska music between people because I was like, this will keep the energy up all night long, you guys. Um, and and it did. It really helped. And also, yeah. like, it was funny because I also had weird cachet at the time when I started because like whenever Aaron wasn't on tour, he would come to my open mic and just like watch comedy basically <laughs> and people would be like what the fuck why is the guy from Rubik fish this open mic and i'd be like there who who is this comedian and i'd be like don't worry about it i'm funny he came to check out all the sky in between sets yeah exactly <laughs> exactly well because i would always i would do covers for a while just to like get people like okay i've heard i know this song like they're um the split that they that Rubik fish did with um Oh gosh, what is what is that band? Uh, they did a split with a band that has a lady lead singer, and it is a delight. Um, <laughs> God, I truly my brain is a nightmare. <laughs> it is called Duet All Night Long, and it's Zoloff, the Rock and Roll Destroyer, is the other band. Oh, okay. That's it. Um, and they have a bunch of like eighties covers that are ska versions of it. And I would like use that playlist to kind of like be like, okay, I'm playing ska, but you guys know the songs I'm playing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Did you ever during one of these shows put on real big fish just to see what Aaron's reaction would be? Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> How did that go? 
<laughs> uh, he, he would like roll his eyes and then become like even smaller and more shy. <laughs> Adam and I have a, a band called Narboots. Um, and it's all like electronic, but we have one ska song. That's also electronic. It's also electronic, but it's ska. And it's, it's about Mike Park. Uh-huh. And uh, whenever he, he would come to see us play. Uh, and whenever we play that song, like he just disappear. Just leave the room. <laughs> yeah, he just leave the room. <laughs> of course. Of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's uh, the, <laughs> yeah, I know that. Like, you know, I can't have anything sincere. No, I, it, it's so funny because I feel like so many ska musicians are very similar to comedians in that like when they want attention, they want to be completely in control of that attention. And if they're not, then mm-mm, mm-mm, I'm just going to go be a wallflower. That's much more comfortable to me. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> you played uh, or you, you performed comedy at Fest last year, right? Mm-hmm. It's my my fifth Fest was last year. Your fifth Fest. I've never been to Fest myself. Adam has. Um, I've always wanted to go. It's just far away. But um, what is the comedy portion of Fest like? I've always been curious about that. Well, it's nice because like there's comedy festivals, there's music festivals that have comedy. And at a music festival that has comedy, which is like fest, there's no industry there. So you can just like goof off and like there's the weird pressures that are there when you're like, oh, God, there's agents watching me like that stuff isn't there. And you can do more like weird type, you know, weird comedy or just be a little bit more loosey goosey, which like fest kind of lends itself to too. And I think that like fest specifically does a great job of booking stand ups that uh we all do a lot of like diy touring and stuff like that like we something you know i've played comedy clubs they're not my favorite thing i prefer music venues like fun like weird dive bars and stuff like that because i find that like the people that come out to that stuff are much more my people anyway um Mm -hmm. and so at fest usually this last year they changed the times up a little bit because everything was a little bit weird from covid but usually what happens is there's a saturday and a sunday showcase and they start at 1 p.m. and they go until 4 o'clock. And it's just comics doing eight-minute sets. And it's just like all day. And it's awesome because then at 4 o'clock you are done. And you are just – you get to band start around that time. So then you as a comic get to just like go <laughs> and just go watch everything else. And you aren't missing anything. And on the Sunday of Fest is amazing too because – that's when that that showcase weirdly is the better one because it gets packed out with all these like punks who are like, I want to see something live and I'm hungover, but I can't handle music yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they come to the comedy show and they just uh, have a blast and are just down to laugh. And like Fest is so fun because you can throw out weird references. Like, like my friend Goodrich has a great character called Tommy Crowbar, who's like, um, like a Boston hardcore guy and he can only do it at fast because he just has the specifics of that character as far as he goes with it it's like literally only the people in that room are gonna know what the hell he's talking about um, and so yeah you could just tell like fun stories and it's like I've toured with a few bands and it's like a fun place for me to be like hey like this is a fun story about being on the road that like you guys would want to hear and like it's it's cool and it's just it, it, it just feels like home in a way that a lot of uh comedy festivals don't in the same way They're, those are also yeah. fun to do but it's just a different it's a different it's a different vibe i feel like the comics that do fest have like more of like a like a musician's heart uh, but it just comes out differently now fest was a little bit smaller last year because of covid but mm-hmm. um it, i feel like it like lent itself to like being able to get around a little bit more what acts stuck out to you last year what did you what did, shows did you see that you really enjoyed well um i 
saw, I mean, I made it a point to see, I mean, I finally saw Catbite for the first time and I got into their No Doubt set too, which was awesome. I was very happy about that. Um, we are the union. I know Reed a little bit because I've had Reed on my podcast. Um, finally got to see Scott 2 Network. I've been trying to see Scott 2 Network since the first time I went to Fest. Uh, but Jared's shows are always sold out or always like packed like an hour beforehand uh, because they also live in Gainesville and they're just, you know, always huge. So it was so nice to like be like, okay, cool. Because of COVID, I could actually go to this show. Yeah. Um, and then I saw Flying Raccoon Suit for the first time. They're a great uh, new, I don't know if they're new, but they're a new ska band to me mm-hmm. um, from Mississippi, I believe. Um, and they were an absolute delight. Um, and then... I, Bully, not a ska band, but I was like very excited to actually see Bully because I really, yeah. I just enjoy them a lot. It was just the every I hadn't seen. Oh, um, Dollar Signs. Do you guys know Do- Dollar Signs? Yeah, mm-hmm. I I love that band so much, and I feel like they they I don't know if they like ska, but like they have a ska attitude. <laughs> like they're just like I'm like oh you guys were like the smart idiots too. <laughs> like that's the. <laughs> that that very much like lines up to me i like immediately the first time i heard them i was like oh i like how you're funny uh and like you're very tongue-in-cheek about like a lot of your songs and um uh john allison weiss is 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 a homie of mine and i was very excited to to see to see uh uh, them as well um they're you know just a great it was just a great lineup i I was so happy to finally be seeing live music again and running around because fest is also it's all these tiny venues so it's you you have an app and on the app you pick all your favorite bands then you're like okay cool the next band is starting in that i'm seeing is starting in 15 minutes but i can watch three songs from this band and then i need to sprint three blocks to get into that venue in time to catch them and it's just like it just makes you feel young and fun again and also everyone's wearing a black hoodie so you're just like one in a weird crowd. <laughs> and it, it's, there's something nice about being like, oh, okay. Like I'm the weirdo in the black hoodie of like all my friends uh, here in LA. And then I show up and I'm just like, oh, good. I don't need to, I don't need to, need to explain any of this <laughs> to yeah. you guys. Yeah. We'll be right back after this. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, everybody, it's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian, and we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks. So you at one point opened for against me. Mm-hmm. Well, and that show was interesting too, because the other, op- do you know who the other opener on that show was? The interrupters. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like right, right when they, I think it was like one of their very first live shows, like playing together ever. Oh, really? So this was, this would have been what, like 2011, 2012? I think so. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
Wow. It was a total blast. Lara Jane Grace had posted on uh, on Twitter um, like the day before. She was like, hey, doing a pop-up secret show in Santa Ana. Need some openers. And I just wrote back, hey, have you ever had a comedian open for you? I think I'd be a good fit. Um, and she was like, well, send me a tape. And then I shit myself. Uh, and then sent Lara Jane Grace a tape. And then I was just pacing, just like, oh, please please like this person that is a genuine hero of mine. <laughs> um, and then, you know, half an hour later, she was like, yeah, come, come on down and, and open for, for me. That's, that'll be awesome. And it was, it was me, me doing half an hour, which was one of the first times I ever even did a half an hour. Um, and then the interrupters and then, and then her it was against me. And it was like, it was, I, I needed that moment in like my comedy career. It felt really good to be like, Oh, this, this was, what I want. <laughs> this yeah. is like the direction that I want things to go. And these are the people that I want to be my people. And um, it just felt really right. And it was, I mean, I, I'm still like, you know, me and the Bavona brothers all follow each other on Instagram and like, like each other's stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm so proud to have seen how they've blown up and it's just, it's so cool. <laughs> you know, just to see a, a ska band like them, like charting um, is just, it feels very extremely validating. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay, wait, but we have to back up really quick though. You said you said tape. Did you, <laughs> you what sort of tape? Are you, did you actually send a physical tape or? Did oh no, no. I'm 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 old, I guess. And I say when I say tape, I mean I sent you a YouTube link. Okay, but good. like, but like, <laughs> YouTube or Vimeo is depressing up to me. Although my album is on cassette and with a download code because oh, nice. um, I just. Did, I, I thought vinyl feels pretentious for comedians because it's not recorded mm. uh, in, in vinyl. So, and CDs, like I don't have like a, I don't have like a romantic attachment to CDs, but like there are certain tapes that when I see them, I, they just make me happy. Um, yeah. So I might put my album out on, on, the, on tape. Weird sidebar, but do you remember no. like back in the day when you would get a cassette tape and you would open it up the way the J card would smell? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what is that smell? It's such a good smell. I know. It, poison. It's poison. It's probably sure. poison. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, most things that are bad for us are great, right? Definitely. I think the tape, I, I noticed that you had that you had your album on tape on your website. And uh, I think that's a great idea because not only is vinyl a little bit much for a comedian, yeah. it's um, expensive. It's like mm -hmm. takes, what, eight months now? Tapes yeah. are inexpensive, quick. And mm -hmm. they're actually something you can hold on to and you can yeah. probably play. Yeah. Yeah. And you can, t you can travel with a lot of them. And I mean, you know, it's interesting whenever I tour the Midwest, a lot of dudes have trucks that are old trucks that still have tape players in them. And they're always there like, Oh go. my God, I haven't bought a new tape in forever. Hell yeah. I'm gonna listen to this. And it's, it's like a, more of my tapes are actually getting played than I thought we're ever going to, which is a nice surprise. <laughs> So I read that um, when you opened for Against Me slash Interrupters, you were uh, nervous before the show and that you um, went to the Sizzler Salad Bar <laughs> and Stress Eight. Yes. Oh, yeah. True? Like, okay. Oh, yeah. Very true. It was me and my two friends. Well, because Santa Ana uh, in, um, in Southern California is uh, in Orange County, which is the land of chains. And... Um, where the observatory which is where we played was there wasn't there was literally nothing within walking distance that wasn't a chain and i was like i just would like a sizzler salad bar we're we're in the land of the chains and what am i gonna do like eat 
not not do this um and uh yeah felt great i it it worked that was i had a great set i felt really good about it okay so secret show quote unquote but uh, so the people that were there were how how were they aware of the show they I say secret show. They they just didn't announce the lineup, but they dropped tickets like the day before. Oh, okay. um, and then I think they only sold 150, maybe 200 tops. Um, so it was for, for against me, that's like a very small, intimate, intimate space. Yeah. Especially uh, at that, at that time, like 2011, 12, they were pretty big. Yeah, exactly. And it was, um, it was the first time that I had seen them since uh, Laura had transitioned and like, those to- that tour I saw th- I got to see them a couple more times on it too just because she was so happy having you know that that album sung back at her and it was just such a, a beautiful thing to like witness <laughs> you know just like this person like truly truly living their truth and like being embraced by the fans that showed up and just um you know getting to be any small part of that whatsoever just is, is is definitely a thing that I've cherished forever. But I mean, I, yeah, it just seeing like her, like re, you know, being happy. I, I love to see like artists that have brought me joy, feeling joy given back to them. Um, and I feel like rarely do you get to see it in such a, such a big way. Yeah. And that's, that's my, that's, that's my favorite album by against me too. Oh, it's amazing. Have you read her um her uh autobiography or her memoir? I have not yet, but Adam has or he listened to it. I listened to the audiobook. Oh, d- does she read it? Yep. It's great. Ooh. Ooh, I should Very listen good. to that. I I've, I've read it twice I think now. And and whenever I read it, I read it in like one sitting on like a rainy day. And it's just it's such a um if you're just like an artist who like I think is uh constantly likes to check in and question yourself and like make sure that you are like living to your you know living authentically to yourself it is like an essential reading i i I love it so much so here's here's a bizarre um fact that i found doing research and i'll get your take on it so so today this episode will air in a later date than today but today is Mm -hmm. april 26th 26th -hmm. according to your website this is your comedy anniversary it is yes it is all right happy Happy anniversary. anniversary Thank you. 14 years today. <laughs> 14 years of comedy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when you listen to this, it'll be 14 years and change of comedy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Did you do anything special besides this podcast for to celebrate your anniversary? Um, Got a haircut. <laughs> Needed one. Oh, I got a haircut today, too. Oh, nice. Styling. Yeah. yeah, Adam. Adam hates it. <laughs> <laughs> I like when you look like a mad professor. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I no more mad professor look. I just got a normal short hair. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I have like a weird shaggy mullet right now. It's kind of nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I did that. Well, I'm also I'm getting um uh tomorrow tomorrow I have like a a a yard between me and my neighbor. I live in like a trailer park here in L.A. And me and my neighbor have like a yard that we're getting astroturfed tomorrow. Um, mm. so today was like a lot of cleaning and pulling shit out of a shed and getting rid of the shed and all this stuff and moving a 12, I have a, I own a 12 foot skeleton and like moving this 12 foot skeleton around to, as I was cleaning. So, you know, I feel like I celebrated in style. Yeah. I've always <laughs> wondered about those 12 foot skeletons. Like I, I can talk about it too much. I know this is a ska podcast, but let's talk about the skeleton. 12 foot skeletons are very ska. I think just themselves. Like, <laughs> 
they have the same vibe <laughs> of like a ska band. Um, it's a Home Depot uh, uh, Halloween decoration that dropped mm-hmm. two years ago and caused a massive frenzy. They have never produced enough because they are still sold out constantly. Um, I am a part of 12 Foot Skeleton Facebook. Uh, <laughs> and it's honestly, it's the best place in the world. 12 Foot Skeleton Facebook gives me hope about the future in a way that nothing else does because 12 foot like people are mine is still up and a lot of people around the country are leaving them up and changing their outfits for different holidays because you know after the last couple years just like the looming specter of death is just hilarious to be looking at every day Um, (laughs) (laughs) but it's amazing watching these like midwest moms become radicalized because their HOAs are trying to get them to take down their skeletons. <laughs> and it's all these moms just being like, no, you will not tell me this is oppression and I will not be oppressed. And I believe that everybody should be able to do what they want with their own skeleton. And I'm just like, yeah, you're getting it. You're getting it, Karen. Finally. There's hope for the future. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I, I love mine. It just, it makes me laugh every day. <laughs> so you're, um, earliest comedy influences were ska bands Mm -hmm. you um talked about in an interview that specifically the in-between bits yeah the the banter the shtick in between can you can you elaborate on that at all is there any specifics or any specific bands that you really stuck out to you oh for sure i mean like um like really fish and less than jake i mean two my two first ones like them especially like I mean, less than Jake has, I mean, they've done tours where they just like were dressed up like Bob Barker and the prices, right. And had like big wheels and just have been just super <laughs> silly. And have you guys remember that tour at all? I don't, it was like years ago. I don't remember which. I, I missed that one. The one, the one that I remember they had a, a, a wheel that they would spin and uh, that would, yeah. that would pick the song. And I actually worked at the venue that they were playing at and they oh, shot confetti yeah. into the, tr- into the rafters. Uh, yep. And every show after that, whenever the bass would be really heavy, it would shake confetti out of the rafters. Every <laughs> single show. That. It was there yeah. forever. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, you know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of the time where um, Adam dumped a whole bunch of confetti on me at a show. It wasn't confetti. It was glitter. Glitter. Oh, yeah. Even worse. Yeah. You got glitter bombs. Dumped a whole bunch of glitter over me. And then that, so for six months i kept finding glitter uh in in my car uh in my clothes just in my house and i would like scramble to clean it up because i don't want my dog to eat it it's the gift that keeps on giving yeah you remember that (laughs) yeah i did that to you because you broke your foot yeah i broke my foot (laughs) well you you're living that was the life of a a comedian or at least a (laughs) sketch actor for a while it's just (laughs) glitter and wigs just all over the place and you're like god what's happening i have college loans <laughs> how is this my life <laughs> how many wigs do you own brandy um i've pared it down quite a bit <laughs> i probably have uh seven <laughs> right now that's a, that's a manageable amount <laughs> yeah it's a manageable amount um because i also and two of them are like very boring wigs because i used to, right now my hair is i'm like a brunette but i um I used to dye my hair crazy colors all the time. And then every once in a while, you'd have to go out for a commercial as a mom. And for some reason, casting directors don't think moms can have short blue hair. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, I have this, this one wig that I put on and it makes me feel like I live in Marina Del Rey and I work at like a Chevy dealership. My name is Brenda and I love Vino. Um, and I just get into character as Brenda's from time to time. 
if I need to for an audition because yeah. <laughs> so can you remember any um real big fish like stage banter or bits that they did that were inspirational to you? Oh, for sure. I mean, like uh, there's always like the classic like different versions of suburban rhythm were always super silly and funny um just like i feel like 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 uh when dan was the trombone player he was always pulling weird dumb faces like uh like johnny and matt appleton they love they still love to like just act out songs and just be stupid in the corner and just not even anything like real ever written bits but like um little things like um like whenever Aaron would be talking about introducing a song and they would call themselves masters and the band would just do these like hardcore, just like masters, masters, like behind <laughs> him, just like playing around with like that, just, just being silly and not taking themselves seriously. Like, I feel like I, I was a person that when I was young, I was always very funny with my friends, but I was also, I took everything extremely seriously. Like I remember my like t-ball coach telling me, Hey, you can, smile are you having fun and i'd be like yes i am having fun and like going to see ska bands and just them being silly and dumb on stage just was like it, it just let me let loose in a very like you know anonymous way in the crowd to be dancing around like oh nobody's looking at me and just like watching people just be silly i mean the um the commentary track for uh real big fish's first concert dvd is is very funny and it's just them like you know just bullshitting and telling stupid stories and just um you know the camaraderie on that on that is like really really fun and i just i you know listened to that a lot <laughs> at a certain point in my life and was like man these guys are just funny and it like looking back it's like oh this is like kind of a podcast <laughs> is what mm -hmm. it feels like um because i mean growing up it's like i I'm from Baltimore originally. Like there was no improv to go see. There was, you know, I watched, I was an obsessive like SNL Seinfeld, like the upright citizens brigade TV show. Like, you know, like a lot of, I loved watching comedy on TV, but I'd never saw anything live ever. Um, and I just going to early ska shows was the first time that I've ever been like laughing at like an audience with other people at, at super, super silly stuff. And it was like, Oh, I love the way this feels um i want to be in this world in some way and i think i i always loved i i've played french horn since i was in fourth grade um because i wanted to play drums and my dad said no uh and then i was like well which instrument is the wolf and peter and the wolf and then, and then it was, the french horn. <laughs> was that really a reasoning yes it was <laughs> i love yeah, that. a very goth little fourth fourth grader that was just yeah. like my dad was like, you're just not going to play the piccolo, are you? I was like, no, this is the daughter that you have, goddammit. <laughs> Do you still play the French horn? I pull it out every once in a while just to like run scales and, and my range is still there. My tone is not as good as it used to be. Um, but I could I could get it back pretty quickly, I think, if I if I really had like a reason for it. But yeah. um, I, I had like a scholarship in, in college for French horn and um, I just... Do. Yeah, mm -hmm. oh. I I loved I loved music so much, but I I to the point that I never wanted to make it like a career of any kind because mm. I just I never wanted to see behind the uh, behind the curtain completely. Comedy I always loved and was like, yeah, I don't give a shit. I'll ruin that for myself. That's fine. <laughs> in defense of ska, will return in a moment. 
Hey everybody, it's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian, and we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks. You established that um, Real Big Fish was your first show. Um, mm-hmm. Lesson Jake was another early band you like. Um, was there a local scene? Like, were there local bands that you were aware of? I knew, well, so I grew up like 45 minutes outside of D.C. and like half an hour from Baltimore. And until, basically until I was a senior, I couldn't go into the city without my mom coming with me. Um, mm-hmm. So I like... Didn't, I also just didn't know how to find a lot of local shows. Um, like the pie, I guess the pie tasters are probably at that point the closest thing to a local band. Um, I guess they, I guess they are. To, to me, they they were like such a big deal that I don't consider them like a local band. Um, but I would see them literally anytime they played, whenever I absolutely could. Um, and then I had a lot of friends in high school that played bands, so like that were in bands. So I like went to see like their their stuff, like like a like this band dead letter and on the flat side ofs i don't know if you guys have heard of them or not um um, and well my my friend my friends that were in dead letter they actually were very inspired by goldfinger and they would do stunts because our friend charlie he worked at uh the bagel bakery and he would bring all the bagels and croissants after work to their shows and at one point in their show, they would just throw all this pastry out into the audience. And then we would like skank and have like a food fight in the middle. And they would never play that venue again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they were they were a blast. They were just super fun and silly. Oh, I also <laughs> I never saw them because they didn't get together until after I uh, after they graduated. But um, Billy Martin went to high school two years ahead of me and he is one of the guitar players in good charlotte (laughs) (laughs) wow just very weird and funny i remember being like billy martin and then i look back at my old yearbook and i have like a yearbook that where he's the senior and he's like got like dreads and he's wearing like a button-up like plaid shirt and it's like hmm so i guess after graduation is when the nightmare before christmas tattoo is kicked in (laughs) (laughs) Um, do you remember how you discovered um, like the greater world of ska beyond like, you know, what was on the mainstream stuff? Yeah, I think um, I think it was from just really when I moved to Philly for college is like when I started seeing a lot more of bands that like the East Coast had to offer um, because and then it was I would I, I I'm, I'm a hero because I go get to the show when it starts and I watch the openers. Oh, thank thank so, you for your service. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So not to toot my own uh, trumpet or anything, my own French horn. But, um, French horn, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, like, Catch-22 was like the opener for literally everybody that came through Philadelphia. Um, and then I, I remember like seeing like Planet Smashers and Slackers and like Vic Ruggiero playing by himself. Um, there's this band called... Uh, uh, the World Inferno Friendship Society that I was obsessed with for a long time. They're like a goth cabaret 
band um and I, I i i don't know if you guys consider them sky or not but they were if you had like a shtick i was pretty into you and still am like andrew wk he's another person like the 12 foot skeleton andrew wk is ska but not ska i think to me he like embodies he embodies the same like weird weirdo positivity um yeah. i can and see i remember that. i remember i saw andrew wk uh in september 11th 2002 in philadelphia and it's like the best concert i've ever been to in my life because i remember like he turned i love new york city into like a 20 minute encore and he was just like a year ago we lost a lot of people who can't party anymore and we have we never know <laughs> when you're not gonna be able to party and god damn it you just gotta party every day as if it's the last day you could party so tonight <laughs> we're gonna party for the three thousand people we lost last year and it was just blew the roof off it was the most cathartic concert I've ever had there was just like steel workers just like sobbing we're all dancing together just like music is gonna fix it <laughs> 20 years later the war and terror is still happening um but you know it was a great night <laughs> <laughs> that's a uh that's a great story too because that could have so easily gone south like it's so could so easily been taken um as just being entirely uh inappropriate oh for sure but i think it's just that like he genuinely meant it. He wasn't being tongue in cheek. He genuinely was like, someday we won't be able to party. And like, <laughs> the way that you, you, have, you have to just like find the positivity every day. Skank a little bit every day. Yeah. Skank a little bit. Says yeah. Andrew WK. The subtext. Yes, exactly. Of, uh, Andrew WK. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you start comedy in LA or did you start comedy before you moved to LA? I started it, I started stand up in LA. Um, so I went to uh, school for, for filmmaking because I just was like, I want to work in movies somehow. Um, because I, uh, I was like a massive Jim Carrey fan as a kid. Uh, and like the, the scene in Ace Ventura 2 where he comes out of the rhino's butt is like <laughs> a very defining moment in my life. I would put it that and like hearing them sound check like the bass for Real Big Fish at that first concert are like very si similar seminal moments in my life, basically. I think I think Ace Ventura coming out of a rhino's butt is also ska. I would put that in the same category. <laughs> All right. Yes, I think I think that is also a very ska moment. Um, but I so I knew I've, ever since like then I was like, I want to work in comedy in some capacity. I don't know what that means. At, at the at time because i i just i wasn't a huge stand-up fan growing up i mean i just most of the stand-up that was on tv at the time was just weirdo like uh uh just like dudes with like backwards baseball caps that were just like bro -y and just like oh women fucking suck and i was just like i don't i don't <laughs> want to know any of those people and um 14 years into comedy i <laughs> was right about that um <laughs> 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 but but then i like uh during college i got really into like seeing a lot of like sketch shows and like um seeing like the kind of stands the stand-ups crossover like your mr shows and like your bob and davids and things like that and um from there i kind of like fell into watching a lot of like the alt comedy world and seeing like um no your Patton oswalds like your maria bamfords uh your paul f Tompkins and people like that and like i was such a I loved them. And I remember during college, when you go to Drexel in Philadelphia, you move out to LA for, or you move, you go, you have six months to go in like a, an internship basically where it's like, it's your job to get a, it's your job to get a job for six months. 
so I moved out to LA and that's really when I started going to like the UCB theater had just opened in LA and I was seeing, you know, like I, I was seeing insane lineups every night for $5. You know, it, it, it was, it's just crazy looking back and being like, Oh, I'd pay $5 and I would see like Scott Ackerman and Patton Oswalt and like Kyle Kinane and Matt Bronger and like, uh, and Maria Bamford and, and like Larry Comartin all of like in one night for, and it would be amazing. Um, and I was like, I remember very specifically, actually, I remember Paul F. Tompkins making a joke and referencing the specials. And I was like, mm, oh, this guy's cool. Like he gets it. And I was like, oh, I think, I think I could hang with these people. Like this, this feels like comedy that is like in a similar like mindset of mine. Like, I feel like, oh, you, we have the same references. You're not like a weird like bottle service bro like I that world is very like not something I want to be a part of but like this these comics this is like this feels like home to me um and then I so during that six months I moved out here and I kind of really fell in love with like it, it, it's called alt stand-up but it's like it's just stand-ups that certain kinds of stand-ups like that those terms don't apply quite as much anymore but at the time that was the like um like the diy comics of like that era who just like were like ah, the clubs aren't booking us so we're gonna go run our own spaces somewhere else and that has always been such a big part of my ethos of just you know it, i'll build it if it's not there you know i've always just been like okay well i'll just go do this over here then that's fine i'm not gonna wait around for you to do it for me um and then i moved back to uh philly to finish school and i took like sketch classes up in new york um at the ucb like once a week and like i just really um, started gobbling up every st- every you know stand up album I could at that point that was like, in that weird you know like that that's when I found like Bill Hicks and things like that as like after I turned twenty one and then I moved back out to L A and I still didn't like had not even performed as a stand up and um, but I loved like the writing of it and I would work on scripts and stuff after being a PA all day and being told to clean up puke and all this dumb stuff on set and then I work on scripts but I just like wasn't meeting anybody um that wasn't just in production and like production people are great but I was just like I'm not this isn't the world I want to be in and then I started just being like you know what you have some funny stories let's start going to like open mics and maybe you'll meet people that like you the comics that you love like you'll meet like the your generation's versions of that basically and that very much kind of became became like my world and my community out here in LA yeah I, I remember um when alt comedy was sort of this big thing, like mm-hmm. um, when they did the, it was the 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 the, com- the comedians of comedy. Yep. Oh, like yeah. like that was Patton Oswalt and um, Brian um, Brian Posehn, mm-hmm. Ray Bamford, Zach Bamford. Yeah. So I remember that was that was the moment, to, and from my point of view, where it seemed like there was this big push towards this thing called alt comedy. But yeah, it doesn't seem like the the line is as definitive as it was at that point. No, no, it's like we all kind of play whatever. I think now it's very like not um ideally you want to be able to work in both worlds. And it's like clubs like me and I do well at them whenever a club owner will actually book me, but unfortunately most club owners when they like for whatever reason I think when they see me they're like, "Oh, you remind me of the daughter that doesn't come home for Thanksgiving anymore." Uh, so <laughs> a lot of club owners are not good people. Um, yeah. so I think it's like those lines don't really exist as much anymore. Cause you just want to be a working comic that just works forever. But, um, you know, it's just kind of like more of an ethos of like just a certain, you know, kind of comic and who just does, 
it's going to play wherever. Like, I know there are some people that are just like, um, if it's not at a club, I'm not going to play it. I'm like, oh, that's interesting that you think you're, I'm glad you were handed whatever you were handed. <laughs> Have fun with that. <laughs> now, do you remember Paul F. Tompkins' uh, specials joke? I, I don't. I was actually trying to think of it earlier today. I think it was more just like a throwaway, like riff reference or something. And I was like, what? He knows what the specials are? Because like, I just didn't have a lot of like good friends that really did. I like when I moved out to LA, I had like some like a uh, ska live journal friends or whatever, but they all lived in Orange County. I remember moving out here and being like, oh man, Orange County. Wow. <laughs> That's where it all came from. <laughs> <laughs> and then you drive around and you're like orange county all right <laughs> well there's another taco bell <laughs> so um your uh, lady to lady your podcast yep uh this started um as a live show initially right Wait, do you know what year all of this happened 10 years ago actually this is our 10 year uh, anniversary for lady to lady um oh. actually you know what it's funny today uh april 26th uh, 10 yep. years ago was Lady to Lady's very first live show. Wow. So it happened on your four year comedy anniversary. Yep. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. And we, so it's um, Lady to Lady started as like a, like a weird Eric Andre style talk show with like me, Tess Barker and uh, Barb Babs Gray. The three of us are, are female comics. We've met through open mics and kind of came up in the trenches together and everything. And we just wanted to do like a, have like weirdo interviews we found like craigslist talent like we had this this guy that like would um lip sync michael jackson songs and sign sign language them and and be dancing all at the same time named <laughs> that was just like a weirdo and like we were always trying to have just like a weird weirdo acts like public as like public accessy as possible and we always had like a sketch that would run throughout the whole show like i remember we did one that was um one of us found a coffee cup on the stage that somebody had left and we rubbed it to see the name on it. And then a Starbucks genie came out who could only <laughs> grant like Starbucks wishes basically. <laughs> and like the first wish was like a, like a John Mayer CD. And the second wish was like a Fergo refill on my chai latte. And then I remember the genie being like, let's go for something real. I remember being like, I would, I wish to get rid of pumpkin spice. I'm done. And then the genie just laughs maniacally and evilly because without pumpkin spice, like does fall even exist? And if fall doesn't exist, does school even start? And then we had like a like a CEO bust in from the future with like a boombox, and he's like, "I'm a Starbucks CEO from the future. You have no idea what you've done." And he like rewound the entire show, and we just like backed up for like two minutes straight, and then like we came out, and then we come back in to start the show, and the CEO like shot me in the head. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what like early lady lady shows were like and then we started doing the podcast about six or seven months in because we were a monthly show and we would work so hard on these like big sketches and everything and um we get 15 people out <laughs> we're like sure. oh, we just killed ourselves for nobody oh my god and we thought well you know we also should be working on our banter and like it would be good if we were on mic together more than just once a month, basically. So we started the podcast and like um, we have um, uh, every, every week it's like a, uh, we have a guest on uh, who is usually another female comic, but we break from time to time. We've had, we've had a bunch of guys on too, but that's kind of the, the crux of the show. And it's just for comics, just like riffing, having a good time and um, 
doing some weirdo characters every once in a while. And then we have like uh, some like games we play with guests and then we answer some advice for the listeners because all three of us have made a lot of mistakes. So we have a lot that we can speak to. <laughs> so when you had Reed on last year, uh, was mm-hmm. that your first ska guest? Let me think about that. I think so. Yeah. And were you the person that booked that? Oh yeah, that was for sure. That was for sure <laughs> me. That was. Well, oh no, actually, that's not true. We had. Um, uh, is it Layla from Sonic Boom Six? Oh okay. Yeah. Oh, you had Layla. Okay, Layla K. Layla Laser K. We had her on because uh, Babs and I went. We did a special Warp Tour episode um, a few years before where we did like fifteen minute chunks with um, with her with uh, uh, the lead singer of um, Dollskin um and uh two of the gals from bad cop bad cop who like i'm i've i've toured with with them a bunch now too and um we just did like a fun episode also we watched it was very fun being at war progress babs had never been to one before because my, my two co-hosts they're amazing i love them but like they are of like the pot they love pop music and i'm always like i don't know what the hell you're talking about and they're like we don't know what the hell you're talking about people like what we like and i'm like okay well that's fair <laughs> <laughs> um, but i remember walking around with uh with babs at warp tour and we had like a recorder we had a microphone and um it was the year that um uh there's this band called the black veil brides and their lead singer is this guy named andy black who is just this like he's like a goth justin bieber he's just like a very handsome baby goth justin bieber and like when they opened the gates at Warp Tour, all these girls like screamed and ran to his tent so they could get tickets to like meet him in line. And Babs was like, who, what is happening? And I was like, there's heartthrobs that we don't know about anymore, man. We're old. This feels great. <laughs> <laughs> so we just kept walking around to like girls and being like, tell us about Andy Black. What about Andy Black? Is he like Andy Dick? Like what, who is this guy? <laughs> is he like Andy Dick? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope and, uh, what, what a heartthrob Andy Dick is. <laughs> 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 He's a throbbing something. That's for hey. sure. <laughs> <laughs> was the the We Are the Union um, album? Was that a was that something that hit you? Something that you liked a lot when it came out? Oh yeah, I loved it. I was um, I had heard a few of their songs before, um, and then just like hadn't done like a deep dive on them yet. And then um, when the when the new when the new one came out, Morbid Recessions, I was like, oh, this is like a full solid this is a solid ass album this is great and um it's just very exciting seeing like a like the next gen of of ska bands like really killing it and doing it and just um i think it's important for people to like be be looking for new music and supporting new bands because you know especially now it's like live touring bands are on such a shoestring at this point um especially with like everything with covid and everything that it's like you know, I, I kind of now that I'm a little bit more established and can spend a little bit more money on, on, on things that aren't just like the basic necessities. Um, I like to, you know, try to, you know, put money in like the pockets of like these kind of bands. Cause it's, it's harder because they're not, they're not making the streaming money that, you know, you know, or like making the album sales that bands used to. I mean, there is, there's barely any money in streaming. I mean, I make, I'm, I'm thankful. Like I have stuff in rotation on Sirius XM, like from my album, but like, you know, bands, especially bands like ska bands, aren't going to be getting that kind of money coming in. And, you know, you're getting fractions of a penny from these streaming places. So it's like important to be buying and supporting. And, you know, these bands all have great, 
great aesthetics too. It's very <laughs> exciting seeing like, I think the, um, the new bands have moved away from the Gildan t-shirts and it feels great to just see that evolution <laughs> happen in the new wave as well. <laughs> yeah. We, Adam and I saw, um, we are the union at bottom of the hill in San Francisco mm-hmm. and with Eichler's opening and, uh, half past two is the first opening act. Nice. And the, the show was great, but, um, I really loved seeing that it was this packed house. Yeah. All the bands had an aesthetic and a presence that was in my mind different and divorced from mm-hmm. that sort of nineties thing. Yep. And the audience had it too. It was like a different, it's like a different generation of ska. And it felt like really awesome that it was like not, not derivative or not like mm-hmm. so overtly connected to it. Like it was like, this is our thing. This is how we do it. This is how we look. This is how we write songs. This is how we perform songs. It's just like, yeah, it really, really, really exciting to me. I mean, I've been a fan of them for a while, but um, that specific live show was very exciting to me for that reason. Yeah, they were. It, it, it's 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 so exciting just to see you know the evolution of of like I you know you you always hoped for a fourth wave. And it's exciting to be like, ooh, <laughs> oh wow, look at this. Number one, I feel I feel very validated that like Ska's back in a fun way. And I just I always want I know what a freedom that live ska shows were for me as a kid. And like I the the Gen Z versions of me, I'm so happy that they have like their version of that too. You know, I mean like live live music just felt like such freedom and and community and and um just uh, uh, acceptance in a way that like, you know, nothing, nothing else did in high school. I mean, it's like, I had, I had friends I went to, you know, went to shows and stuff with from time to time, but it's like, even just, um, I just saw Flogging Molly on, uh, on, uh, St. Patrick's Day, who also, they had a great opener. They had this, uh, Russian ska band called Ruska Ska. That was amazing. Yeah. They were a, del- a delight. <laughs> I, um, love that band and I yeah. almost... The closest that show came to me was Oakland. I live in Sacramento, so that would have been mm-hmm. an hour, hour and a half. Yeah. And uh, I was this close to driving to Oakland to see that show, despite being incredibly tired and uh, <laughs> not wanting to. Yeah. And I just couldn't quite get myself to do it. And uh, yeah, no, I, I was very, and it was their first time, uh, first time in the USA. First time in the US. And honestly... They, they were great. They honestly, that show was, I mean, that was March 17th. That was what le- less than a week after everything with Ukraine started popping off. And like, I mean, they have, they are so sweet and positive and like the lead singer had tied like a peace sign, uh, self-made flag to his uh mic stand because he was like we know our banner is like russian it is like russian as shit it's just like there it just looks like the cold war (laughs) and he was just like no we believe in we believe in peace (laughs) and just watching them win over a room with the power of russian ska and like everybody was dancing and having fun and i haven't seen a, a an opening band like turn turn a room like that in 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 quite a while um but and yeah, it, it, even at that show, it was like me and there was a couple of people standing behind me that we just like all were skanking together. And there's something so beautiful and pure of like the show relationships that last for like an hour and a half, 
and you'll never meet each other. You'll never meet each other. You'll never know each other's names. And you're just going to dance with each other and have fun and smile and like high five. And then you'll disappear and never see each other again. And it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll be right back after this. Hey, everybody. It's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian. And we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA plus and they include camping. Russ. How do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks. So, let's see. You have um, your album, Opinion Cave. Is that your only album, right? It's my only album for now. Um, for now. That, that is, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I was going to record another one in 2020 and then pandemic. Um, but I'm kind of like getting it, everything back on its feet a little bit. And what, hopefully I'm going to record one before the year is over now. I've also produced two um, compilation albums um, because like I, I, the first one is called Burn This Election and the second one is called Burn This Pandemic. And that one is uh, hasn't been released yet, but we just recorded it about a month ago. And I'm, I'm working on all the parts for it now. And what we would ideally, and I told myself I was not allowed to fully do this until I was in my 40s, is I want to start a record label that is just compilation albums for stand-up around certain topics and like topical moments, mm, basically. It's a good idea, yeah. Yeah, because it's stuff that is never going to be on somebody's like actual album album. Like uh, the Burn This Election one, we put it out on Election Day 2016. We recorded it a week before, um, not maybe not even a week before. We recorded it at, like literally the night the Cubs won the World Series. We we were at a house party, and that was the night that we recorded that album. And it's like 23 comedians doing like three to five minutes each of just like their election material. That at that point we were like, well, never gonna talk about Trump again. Whoa. <laughs> <And> <laughs> It's a very fun time capsule moment for sure. And it's just like, um, it's just super fun. And you get to hear people that might not have like a full hour themselves yet, but like they can crush for that three minutes. And there are some people that are excited to be on that thing. <laughs> um, and just like, you know, I love, I, I, I love like, um, like those like Fueled by Ramen and stuff like compilations as a kid. That's how, that's also how I found a lot of music. You know, I mean, I, I definitely would find new bands off of those things. And, um, so I kind of wanted to bring that kind of vibe to stand up and it's like, well, having different topics seems like the thing to do. And um, each of the albums, they also raise money for different charities too, because like, I don't, I don't need like the money that's coming off of those. So, but I own the rights. So all the artists, they make their artists money and then all the rights owner money that gets donated to, for burn this election, it all goes to rain and for burn this pandemic, it will all go to Sela, which here in Los Angeles, like works with like the the houseless community, um, and we uh, need all the help we can get with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In uh, just before the 2016 election, mm-hmm. um, I was doing an article on uh, these two comedians here in Sacramento who were who, who were friends of mine, and they remain friends: Keith Lowell Jensen and Johnny Taylor. Oh yeah, I know them. You know, okay, so they had a gig in like Modesto or Merced. Some which is some whatever rural town, uh, quote unquote rural town uh, out here in California, and um, so it was so tense because it was like the election was coming, and they had that that exactly what you're talking about. They're just like, oh, I can't wait for this, mm-hmm. can't wait to stop talking about Trump. Yeah, we're almost there, and but it was like the show was so weird. Like 
they would just do jokes where it was like um, about work, mm -hmm. big laugh. Mm -hmm. They even hinted at Trump to get like either booze, crickets, or crickets. Super uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just remember feeling like, ah, this is ugh, I can't stand this sort of this vibe that we've kind of were that we're that we're in now. You know, of this election period. Yeah, and it's frustrating too because it's like even before that, I mean, before Trump, it's like Republicans did have a sense of humor about themselves. More. <laughs> yeah, they kind of did, and then Trump really like I I think it's because they just all like uh, you know became narcissists like him to a certain degree as well. Well, he has absolutely no sense of humor about himself at all. Do you know that when he did the um because he they had there's a Comedy Central roast of Donald Trump um. The only thing that he said was off topic was saying that he was not as rich as he said that he was. He said that you can make fun of my family. I don't give a shit about any of them. You can make fun of my hair, whatever. You do not say that I am not as rich as I say that I am. <laughs> oh, God. It's like, okay, you <laughs> child. I guess you'll be president for four years. <laughs> God. Uh, nightmare. On your website, uh, description for Opinion Cave, I, mm -hmm. I see stuff about referring to you as a uh, riot girl style yeah. comedian and a punk comedian. Um, no, no mention of you being a ska comedian. Um, <laughs> even though the, the cover is you in a, in a checkered dress. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I don't need to say it. Right. I mean, I don't need, I think it speaks for itself. I also, a lot of the, a lot of those are like pull quotes from other people. And, yeah. um, I at the, at the when I recorded Opinion Cave, I didn't know Ian yet because uh, he would have called me a Scott comedian, I think. Um, but a lot of people would be like, uh, "Punk, I think maybe." Right? Oh, yeah. Right. These are things that I know. I'm like, <laughs> I I believe in journalistic integrity, so I will not change your quotes. <laughs> <laughs> Just cross it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 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 But I, you know, I'm a Scott comedian <laughs> for for sure. In my heart, I am. <laughs> Once a marching band kid, always a marching band kid, you know. <laughs> sure. You had the uh uh let's see. Ronald Reggae. You had the Ronald Reggae joke. Yeah. Yep. Ronald Reggae is um tell us about Ronald Reggae. Uh so my my least favorite president, well this this is funny because this joke was written before Trump was president. Although I think I think Reagan has actually done worse than than trump potentially yeah. i think yeah. i think he's a much i think because i don't think you get trump without ronald reagan that's not part of the joke that is just <laughs> me thinking out loud uh, <laughs> that's me just <laughs> just sadly contemplating the reality of america um, but uh, i think the the bit is not in a while it's like oh my 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 least favorite president is uh ronald reagan but my favorite president is Ronald Reagan. Uh, you guys know him. He was all like, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall and then pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, boy. How did that joke uh, land with your general audience? I mean, I think they could follow me, but I would like, I'd always find one person that to make eye contact with just to be like, you're going to, you're going to fucking laugh at this one. This is just for me. <laughs> this is for me. Cause I, I do have like small jokes that in my act that I'm like, I don't care if you don't like it. This makes me laugh to say every night and it's fun for me. And uh, you'll like enough of the rest that I can have one too. <laughs> <laughs> but it kills it fast. It kills it fast. <laughs> it kills it fast. Do you have any, um, 
Do you have any jokes? Let's go back to fest. Any 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 fest specific jokes that uh, you only tell at fest? Uh, yeah, I have a story of um. So I tour with uh, a group of um like female punk singers uh called the Vagabonies Roadshow, and it is a couple of girls from Bad Cop Bad Cop, um, a couple of girls from the Bomb Cop Pops. Uh, and then my fr- our friend Jillian that lives in Chicago and a few other gals. And we do like a like an hour and a half show that is like I'm the MC of the whole thing. And I kind of just do jokes in between. And it's just like uh, acoustic punk. And then there's like covers. And like it's just like a very fun, very fun night. Um, we do like smaller venues and we kind of tour that whole thing together. Um, but uh, we I, I cannot go through Arizona without either seeing a fight or uh, – <laughs> The one time we were there was the Vagabonnies being in a fight um, because there was like the, the night we got, we get to town and I, I tell this story at fest because most audiences are like, what are you even talking about? But this is like a very fest specific uh, story where like we get to town and the venue is like stoked to have us. And they're like, Hey, we had a band call us earlier today and they, they were going to play a house party in town. Their house party fell through. They were wondering if they could play after you guys. We're like, yeah, sure, that's fine. We are a 90-minute show, and if you guys are open afterwards, they're more than welcome to do whatever. We don't care. We just, you know, that sucks. Their gig got canceled. Come on down. That sounds fun. So we're setting up, and then this just, like, little little band of heathens walks in, uh, and they're punk-studded to the gills, little babies from Denver driving their mom's minivan, um and literally the lead singer had like the van key hanging from a carabiner in their ear like that was like there's such a look there's such like a vibe but i'm just like you like not ska these guys are not ska whatsoever this is very unska behavior this entire story (laughs) so like we're doing our we're doing our show we're watching them like they're they're just in the back watching just like arms crossed just like i can't believe we could watch these like old women perform <laughs> and i'm like <laughs> i'm like i don't know what you want me to say like these are these are incredibly accomplished musicians we're having a good night i'm sorry we did a fucking fleetwood mac cover like <laughs> whatever it's fun um and like so we finished we have a great show we're doing merch we're like hanging out like talking to people and like we'd brought a, a pretty great crowd so just hanging out this band they'll go unnamed because i'm not gonna blow their spot up because they're they're children and maybe they've grown since then um but they start setting up they start sound checking and their sound check is so loud and just bad <laughs> and just their music it just it sounded like baby bird punk to me where it's just like a baby bird's nest just like bah, 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 bah. <laughs> like that's what was happening screaming and um so they're sound checking and then they get ready and everyone that is been hanging out with us and they're like okay well we're not gonna watch that and have a good night thanks for a good show and we're packing up and like all right well we'll stay and we'll watch a few songs before we go back to the hotel we've been on tour we're tired um they start their set to virtually no one there's nobody really left like they hadn't brought anybody whatever they make it i would say 45 minutes 45 seconds into their first song and then like the the song falls apart and the drummer just like kicks over the snare drum <laughs> and, and the bass player is just like oh fuck this where is everybody and then the lead singer just kicks the mic stand over like they just just are tearing their shit across apart on stage and they're using our microphones because they did not have their own microphones we were like no 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 you can't 
wreck gear because you're sad you don't have an audience i don't know how to tell you don't do that don't do that please stop and so they're just like Ugh! and then one of them pulled out their phone and was like instagram living this like empty pit was just like where's your scene phoenix where's your scene <laughs> just just like a week just i'm just what are you angry about this is so crazy so the two bouncers comes in and like they start like picking up these kids to be like okay and like they're kicking our microphones and we're like all right we're gonna all right you guys are done we're start taking the mics off we're just like okay i don't we we tried to be nice and gave you a show maybe this is why your house party canceled we're trying not to engage they start calling the bouncers nazis uh just over and over again just like nazis <laughs> then they started calling us cunts and then they started calling us nazi cunts because we were taking their microphones from them which were our <laughs> microphones <laughs> and you know i should i should not have done this but i did just start chanting where are your parents where are your parents where are your parents and then i think it was the bass player just goes my parents are fucking dead (laughs) and i went good for them and then this bass player starts running at me but a bouncer just grabbed them by their little baby neck and just put them under their arms and then threw them outside and like they're they're outside they're screaming they're fighting a bouncer and then um jenny one of the gals in bad cop bad cop she's rolling up their banner uh, which was just like an adorable little banner that they had made um, and then just rolled it up to go take it to them because they didn't have much other gear that was still there and she's like pushing it past the bouncer and then one of them gets their fist past the bouncer and punches Jenny in the face Oh, geez. and we were like and then Jenny comes back in and Jenny is such a sweetheart and she has like the um, the personality of like a second grade teacher. She's just, she bakes cakes. She's a beautiful artist. She's amazing songstress. She's just, she's awesome. And just such a sweet, awesome person. I love her. And um, she comes in and she's like, one of them struck me. And I was like, what? They hit you. They now, because <laughs> the whole time too, we're also like, these are 19 year olds. We are women in our mid thirties. We could destroy them if we touched them. We can't because you have a certain rage in your thirties that you do not have at 19 when you've seen some shit. And it was just like, I don't, I don't want to hit you with all of the no's that I have heard in my life. Like that's what will happen if you come up near me. So we were all just like, just deescalate, deescalate, leave the kids alone. And then the lead singer with the little carabiner in his ear comes in through the other entrance of, of the place And he starts just like walking in a circle in the middle with his little iPhone, like Instagramming by himself. And he's just like, these stupid Nazi cunts, fuck you, Phoenix. Just like being a nightmare. And it's just like getting up in everyone's face. And we're all like, just don't hit them. Don't hit them. Don't hit them. Just leave them. They will leave soon. One of the bouncers comes in and he gets, he takes this kid down. And then I saw my moment and I walked up behind him and I, stomped on his ankle as hard as I could four times in a row. <laughs> just like, nobody will see this. I am a, I'm a third, I'm a woman in my thirties. No one, it's fine. I'm going to hurt this fucking kid. Cause he hit one of us pretty bad. And he's just, ow, ow, ow. And I just like kind of in my brain, I kind of skanked away, but I know I walked away, but, in, but that felt like a very, <laughs> that felt like a ska moment in a very non-ska situation. <laughs> and then they got thrown out and then you know the 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 uh venue was like do you guys want to press charges because cops were there already and we're like no 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 they're 
we don't we don't like cops. We don't like this. Uh, but whatever is about to happen outside, they're responsible for it. Um, they they will get arrested by whatever happens next. That's up to them. Um, but we didn't, you know, we didn't press charges or anything. And then they were like, you know, we, we just hear them fighting outside with these police. And I was like, well, you're going to get thrown in like a GL cell overnight or something. Good luck with that. <laughs> and um yeah and then the next day we went to a nice brunch and a yoga class before we went to the next city and that's what touring with a bunch of women is like <laughs> so you don't have to tell us the name of the band obviously but mm-hmm. are they still a band oh let me find out <laughs> you don't have to tell us the name of the band but you have to tell us the name of the band <laughs> <laughs> i mean I'll, I'll tell you if you ble- if you bleep it I'll, or I'll tell you guys after the podcast we'll tell uh, off air yeah okay yeah 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 um well they have they have two no their last release is in, was a split in 2019 and they had a demo in 2018 i can't imagine they were able to collaborate with each other for very long uh <laughs> they're or or whether the pandemic yeah, yeah 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 i can't imagine much 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 good happened but yeah it looks like that tour that 2019 tour was was probably their only tour um it's fun uh, they're they're funny they're a little bit hard to google because of the name of the band but i'll tell you about them later (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for listening to in defense of ska if you've enjoyed this episode please like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you normally stream or download episodes if you haven't already Grab a copy of my book, In Defense of Ska, available at clashbooks.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. It's at In Defense of Ska. And please consider joining our Patreon at patreon.com backslash In Defense of Ska. You will get monthly bonus episodes, extended interviews and commentary per episode, and access to the In Defense of Ska Discord. In Defense of Ska would not be possible without the great team that tirelessly works on it every week. So you should go check out their other projects as well. Co-host Adam Davis has an amazing band called Omnigon. Give them a follow on Instagram and Twitter. It's simply at Omnigon. And our editor, Chris Reeves, has a phenomenal record label and podcast called Ska Punk International. For more information, go to skapunkinternational.com. And if you've ever enjoyed one of the highly specific in defense of ska memes floating around the interwebs, it was likely the work of the bands I like only charge $18. Find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. On that note, we leave you by saying ska now more than ever. Hey, everybody, it's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian, and we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks. Hey, everybody, it's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian, and we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ, 
How do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks.